0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ruby Rogues Podcast. This week on our panel, I guess it's just me. I'm Charles Maxwood. I just want to do a quick shout out. uh, The book, the paperback book comes out next week as we record this. So it'll be out by the time this goes live. The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. And yeah, you can pick that up on Amazon. And uh, we have a special guest this week. And it's Alessandro DeSantis. Hey, Charles. Nice to meet you. It's great to be here. Yeah, you too. It was funny because we were just chatting for a minute. And of course, every time I have somebody on from Italy, I have to embarrass myself as far as how rusty my Italian <laughs> is. But yeah, so be- beyond being from uh, Rome and working on Solidus, uh, do you want to give an introduction? Who you are, what you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm a director at Neblub
1: uh, And Neblub is a consulting firm. We're based in Italy, uh, and we only do bespoke e commerce development. And actually, you mentioned SolidWorks, and that's crazy because SolidWorks is everything we do nowadays. Mm-hmm. So we only implement these bespoke e-commerce websites for our customers with SolidWorks. Right now, we're also leading the development and the community behind SolidWorks. So we provide guidance both from a technical and community perspective.
0: Nice. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, You can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Funny, when I was uh, getting into freelancing, man, that was back, what, 2010. My first contract was working on a Spree contract. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's actually how we started out. So we started as a Spree consultancy. And we were actually, I think we were one of the earliest adopters of Spree. We started when it was pre 0.30, I think. And we were very active in that community for a while. Mm-hmm. So we attended all the conferences, did a lot of work with Spree, established some interesting partnerships with them. But then what happened is in 2000 15 sample which was a Canadian consulting firm they didn't really like the direction where spree was going and so they created this fork which they called Saldus mm-hmm. and it was made for one specific client which is Bonobos and I think you probably know about them because they're one of the largest retailers in the US and so they made Saldus for Bonobos and then in September 2015 spree commerce the company behind spree was acquired and so they stopped all development on the project and this is where Solidus started getting a lot of traction because Free was acquired and the project was not very active anymore and Solidus started seeing a lot of interest for the community. And again, things were looking great, but then stanbolt was also acquired by Joel, one of their clients, because their website was built with Solidus. And at that point, NebLab was the largest agency after stanbolt and we were only doing Saldu's development and we wanted to really go deep in that market. And so we kind of took over and stepped up and said hey we're going to help maintain this thing and we're very happy because right now we're doing that with the help of the community so it's it's a great journey so far
0: interesting so how involved were you in the fork or did you get into solidus after the fork from spree
1: we got into solidus after the fork from spree actually but it was pretty early in the days of solidus It was just very interesting because they were taking a different direction they wanted a product that was um, much more stable and focused on backwards compatibility and producing high quality code and giving extension points to developers so that it was easier to customize and it really resonated with how we do things at nebula which is to focus on developer happiness because ultimately we believe that that translates to value for the customer so we saw Valiant Saudus. Solidus. We started getting interested in the community. We started talking to the guys from Sandbolt. They were really brilliant, and we decided to move over.
0: Nice. I haven't done anything with Solidus, really. My experience was mostly with Spree, and it sounds like that's, yeah, no longer really a great option. So uh, do you want to kind of give us the 10,000-foot view on what Solidus is and uh, an elevator pitch on why somebody might want to use it or use it yeah. in the Rails app? Absolutely. So
1: Saudus is an e-commerce platform that is free and open source. It's built on Ruby on Rails. It gives you complete control of every store, so you can use it to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. The main advantage that you get with Saudus, uh, there are actually three aspects that I think really make the difference here. One is the governance model, because it's, it's led by a single company, but we only provide the guidance, actually. But then there is a very complex governance model, and we can get into more detail after if you want to. But that basically guarantees that we hear everyone's voice, uh, and it's a product that's built for developers, uh, for retailers, uh, and for agencies. The second aspect is that we put a lot of focus as a community on quality rather than quantity. So Spree, for instance, is always working to stay on top of business trends, uh, and that's a goal that we can appreciate, and we share that, so we try to do that as much as we can. But we feel that when that's your only focus, it usually comes at the expense of code quality. And that's what we've seen happening with Spree and other platforms in a few cases. And then the third thing is we put a huge focus on backwards compatibility. So we try to never, ever break it. And in fact, we're at the second major release. So I think that's a great testament to the fact that we're doing a good job here. But you have other e-commerce platforms that the third or fourth major release uh, and usually upgrading is really, really painful. And even when we do break backwards compatibility, we try to provide the tools uh, to upgrade in a smooth way. Very
0: cool. When I was working on Spree, I remember like some of the stuff was pretty intuitive if you knew Rails and some of the stuff was just wildly hard to figure out. How has that changed here with Solidus? Is it... Is it more approachable? Is it, it still feels like a large code base with a lot of things going on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we try to not put too much
1: stuff into the core and rely more on extensions and documentation. But the fact is e-commerce at the end of the day, it's, it's very complex from a business logic perspective because you have a lot of stuff going on from when the user lands to the website to when they place an order. And so it's very difficult to capture all that complexity and variety in a simple way. So what we try to do is we rely a lot on API documentation in the code itself. But then we also try to provide a lot of content for developers to know how to actually do things their own way and extend the framework to make it do what they want. And that's actually one of the biggest goals of the roadmap that we've just developed. And we're working on it with the rest of the community. So we are focusing very much on documentation, making sure that it's as streamlined as possible, as clear as possible, and that we're covering all the different use cases here.
0: Interesting. So Spree was also a Rails engine. Correct, yes. Is Solid it's also a Rails engine, then something that you can bolt onto another Rails app, or is it something you can host all on, your, you know, on its own?
1: It's, it's a Rails engine. We do provide a starter app. So basically, you can just download that and you have a Solidus store ready to go. But usually people want to only pick the parts that they really need. So maybe they only want the core business logic and the backend, but they don't want the front end and the API because they're going to build that themselves. Or maybe they're building a headless e-commerce. And so they want the backend and the API, and then they're going to build the front end as a Vue app or a React app or whatever. So it's very flexible in this sense. I guess you can say we were headless e-commerce before headless e-commerce became famous because Mm -hmm. it can be headless if you want. It can be a traditional Rails app. You can build it to do whatever you want. Gotcha. So what's it like working on Solidus? It's pretty cool. (laughs) It's a a great developer experience. I mean, we do have technical depth like Mm -hmm. any other project, obviously. We have areas that we wish were easier to understand. But the great thing about this that about it is that improving those areas is actually uh, one of the top goals for the community. There's a huge focus on streamlining everything and simplifying it and making it more elegant and easier to understand. So there is this positive trend that you know eventually things uh, are going in the direction where it's going to be that simple to understand
0: even more than it is today. Right. So if I'm a Rails developer and I'm thinking, you know, this looks like a project that I may want to work on, how do I start contributing to it? Well,
1: there are different ways you can do that. You could contribute to the core itself. So everything that you get when you start solo store from scratch, or you can contribute to the extensions ecosystem, which is one of the aspects that I focus more on. If you want to contribute, you have a Slack community where you can find a lot of help. Our community is actually very, very active, and we're trying to open more and more channels. So now, for instance, we have an official hashtag on Stack Overflow, and we're trying to monitor that and respond to questions so mm-hmm. because Slack tends to those things. Uh, it's hard to search in past Slack conversations, and people just wanted a place where they could record the answers.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, this is this is really cool and kind of fun to just dive into, and it's kind of bringing back some memories for me. Do you want to talk a little bit about the governance? I think that's an interesting aspect of open source. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. As I was saying, we have.
1: Uh, Pretty unique governance model, I think, because you have Nebulub uh, and we're the project directors. uh, So we provide guidance and coordinate the community. And also we have the entire company, which has 20 developers now working on SOLDUS in their Fridays. So we put a lot of firepower into it. But then you also have the core team, which is a group of people that are committed to maintaining the project in the long run. And the great thing is they come from all different backgrounds. You have people who work in business, you have people who are more technical and can provide a bit more technical guidance. Uh, And so at the end of the day, all the different opinions come together in a way that really makes uh, everyone's value shine. And then along with the core team, you have the the stakeholders. And these are either retailers, uh, development agencies, or individual developers uh, who have contributed significantly, either from a technical or financial perspective. And in exchange for that contribution, they get a chance to shape the future of Solvus. So they have a stakeholders meeting where they decide what we're going to work on next, what the roadmap will look like. And if they're an agency, they can enroll in our partner program, which means they get leads from the Solvus website and special support from the core team. Okay. Yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, model. And we think that moving forward, probably we could also export it and make it its own thing. So that it can also be adopted in other open source project, and that would be very very cool.
0: Nice. Yeah, we have an open source based show that we might it might be uh, interesting to talk about on there. But so, what features does it have? Because I mean, there, there are a lot of e commerce systems out there. Some that are based on WordPress. You've got uh, Shopify, which is kind of a big both in the Rails community and you know just in general in the e-commerce community. So, you know, how does it compare to those? So it tends to have a bit fewer features
1: uh, than its competitors. Uh, So obviously we have everything you need to run a basic e-commerce source. uh, So you can manage products, you can manage the orders end-to-end. You have uh, quite a powerful system for managing promotions based on different rules uh, and uh, a powerful stock system, which you can also customize basically however you want through the code. But yeah, out of the box, I would say we have the fewer features than our competitors. And the reason for it is what we realized is that basically every e-commerce store is unique because you always have something that makes you different from the competition, Mm -hmm. Um, either a very strong branding. uh, And so you need to very tightly integrate uh, the content that you're creating, the kind of lifestyle that you want to communicate and the community that you're building with your storefront and how you do things. Or maybe you just have very complex business logic. So you have a subscription model that's different than the rest. It's not your usual subscription model. Or you have complex data flow. And there's something that we see very often, like data flowing between different external systems in ways that are not always obvious. And so what we realized was that when people tried to build this with Shopify, which is a SaaS product or something open source, such as Magento or WooCommerce, mm-hmm they ended up having to adapt their business uh, to the way the platform works. right? And we believe that's not the right way to do it. You should adapt your software to the way your business works because ultimately software is built to solve your problems. And so people were really looking for a way to be able to own their technology and customize it however they want. And so what right. we do is we provide the foundation for them and we provide all of these different ways of extending this foundation in a clean way so that it's maintainable over a long time and you can upgrade the platform without breaking your customizations and then people can hire a developer or they can talk to an agency such as, as Nailoppa to customize the platform and make it do whatever they want because when you try to customize Shopify when you try to customize Magento you can do it up to a certain point but then uh, as i said you're basically fighting the platform and so you're it's costing us
0: it's costing you more time than you're actually getting out right yeah, that makes sense. Let's say that I look at Solidus and I'm thinking, okay, so this is something that I want to build, you know, my, my own e-commerce store around. And, you know, I find, okay, I need to customize something, you know, one way or the other. How do I get started doing that?
1: You have the documentation on Solidus website, which does a pretty good job of showing you all the different extension points. Uh, but we really encourage people to look at the source code itself because that also contains a ton of information, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, how the configuration system works or the way that things are named or the API that classes expose. exposed. That gives you a ton of valuable information about what kind of customizations you can put in place. And As I said, we're trying to do a better job, and I'm actually very excited about the work that the documentation team is doing about trying to expose these customization points as much as possible and make them, you know, flow on the surface and make them visible to people.
0: Right. This episode is sponsored by Cloud 66. I have a Rails application and I was looking for a flexible product that takes care of deployment and gives full control of my application so I can focus on developing my code. I came across Cloud 66 for Rails, which deploys your Rails application onto any cloud or server. At first, I thought it's like Capistrano, but then I realized it's way more than just deployment and gets you to scale servers, replicate and backup databases, protect your servers with firewalls, and much more. It acts as your in house DevOps team to build, deploy, and maintain your Rails applications. It's really developer friendly, and no wonder that companies like Baremetrics, Glossies, CareerBuilder, Discovery Channel, and many development agencies and I are using Cloud66. You can try Cloud66 Rails for free and get $100 free credits with the code RubyRogues 19. That's RubyRogues 19. At cloud66.com. What kinds of concerns do you have within the, you know, building an e commerce system in Ruby that people wouldn't necessarily commonly think about? That's a good question.
1: I think the biggest concern is that people think that e commerce companies are not technology companies. Mm -hmm. And so they're always trying to delegate that to someone else. They delegate that to Shopify, they delegate that to Magento or whatever. But actually what we've seen is that for the vast majority of e-commerce business, uh, you are a technology company just as much as you are a product company. Because online is your main channel and how you present your product and the way that you can sell your product uh, will really make a difference in how the product is received by your customers. And so the platform that you use makes a difference. If I use something that doesn't allow for the level of flexibility that I need, then my product presentation is going to suffer. What I can do with my product is going to suffer. And my customer experience is going to be less than ideal. Ruby may be a bit more complex to get started with because it's not really something that is in the mind of the average e-commerce company CEO. But once they understand the flexibility that it provides uh, and the power that's in, in their hands to shape their business however they want, then that truly becomes an asset to the company.
0: Right. So let, let's dive into the, the technical aspects of Solidus a little bit. So is it running on Rails 6? Rails 5? We just finished
1: uh, implementing support for Rails 6. It's one of the English steps I led. Uh, so we're still uh, ironing things out. We had a few issues with Zytewerk and outloading that we really didn't anticipate. But now we were in a good place. So we still need to do some work on extensions, but we're basically ready to support Rails 6. And the upcoming release, 2.10, will support Rails 6. We also provide support for Rails 5.2, of course.
0: Nice. And the same,
1: with the same version of? Yes.
0: Solidus. OK.
1: Yeah. Starting from 2.10,
0: it will support 5.2 and 6. Nice. Is it fully tested? You know, does it have a full test suite, mostly 100% or close to 100% test coverage kind of thing? Or
1: I don't know the exact number, to be honest, but I know the test suite. And yeah, it's probably close to 100% because you have tests for basically everything at the unit integration level. And what we try to do is uh, we don't just test things in, with the happy path that we also try to test the edge cases as much as possible because we know right. that people are going to do weird stuff with it. So we try to test all the possible scenarios that may arise.
0: Makes sense. Now, is the front end just jQuery or have you moved that over to a framework? On the back end, we use Backbone um, for some of the use, uh-huh.
1: which is, uh, it's not a trace that we are terribly happy with, but it seems to work well so far. So right. we're not really looking to revisit it right now. And also, as I said, you can swap it with whatever you want. So it's, yeah. uh, it's not a big deal. And then on the front end, uh, right now, it's just a very, very traditional Rails app. But that's because the front end is basically meant to be replaced almost entirely. So what you get with a new Soto app is just a starting point to give you an idea of how you may do things. Uh, but then what everyone does is they replace that completely with their own front end. Right now, we're also working on creating a new front-end that will provide a better idea for people of how they can customize it and how they can do things. And probably moving forward, we're also going to integrate with Vue and React and other e-commerce frameworks. So you can use that, that set of components that already comes with Soldus to build your store
0: but still customize it. Right. Very cool. So I guess one other thing that we could talk a little bit about is just what's coming next like what does the roadmap look like for solidus yeah it's very exciting actually we built
1: this roadmap uh, along with the community and i feel like we did a very good job of it because we tried to integrate feedback from a lot of uh, stakeholders in the community so we sent out a survey on slack to figure out what people wanted both for existing uh, customers and for people who are just interested in solidus And then we talked to all the stakeholders and the core team to get their insights on what they think the critical areas work on are.
0: And so what we did with
1: the roadmap was uh, we split everything in four different areas, uh, which are know, choose, uh, onboard, uh, and extend. And so know will be about uh, helping people know about Saudus and know its strengths. So it's all about communication and presenting Saudis in the right way and trying to, Advertise all the strengths of the framework. And then choose will help people make a decision. So we want to give people the right material to understand that Saldus is the right framework for their business uh, by helping them with documentation, helping them figure out uh, what they can actually do with Saldus. Right. And then for onboard, we want to streamline uh, the onboarding experience uh, for new Saldus users. uh, and this means uh, a few different things. So one of the problems that we have right now is that starting uh, a new Solus store is uh, actually a bit complex because you don't have a clear idea of how long it takes uh, and uh, you don't have a clear idea of what kind of material you need. And so we want to do a better job of that and we want to provide more start templates for people to get a sense of uh, what can be accomplished with Solus and what then their store can look like And also just give them a starting point that they can use to customize their store. Right. And then the fourth area that we're focusing on is all about being able to extend Solus, which, again, means a few different things. So it means improving the extension points in the core so that people can do more things on their own. But we're also working on some strategic partnerships to provide more extensions for payment providers, logistics providers, and
0: so on. Nice it's interesting because usually when we talk about roadmaps with people, it's like, Oh, we're going to add all these features. But in your case, you're talking about, you know, for, for the overall project as far as, yeah, it, it's more, I don't know what the right term is, but you know, the non-technical parts of it, right. Where it's the marketing things and the, you know, the support things and things like that is a lot of the focus here.
1: Yeah. And also we wanted to build a roadmap that was team based and not feature based because, At the end of the day, we know that the focus may shift in terms of how we are going to achieve certain goals, but the goals will stay the same. We want people to have a great experience uh, from the very beginning when they're still looking for options uh, to the end when they deploy and maintain their solid store. And so we know exactly what kind of areas we need to work on, and we want to figure out how to best work on those areas together with the
0: community. Makes sense. If somebody wants to contribute to Solidus, How do they start doing that?
1: There are a few different ways. I guess uh, the easiest way right now would be to join our Slack community and Mm -hmm. uh, ask what the best way to help us because there are different priorities depending um, on what we're focusing on right now. But even if you go on GitHub, there are a ton of issues. And whatever you choose, even if it's small, even if it's just documentation change, uh, that's very, very helpful for us. And it's not just helpful because you're providing manpower but it's especially helpful because you're providing a different point of view. So what we are trying to understand here is what kind of challenges do people run into when they're building a store? What kind of flexibility do they need? Because we also don't want to provide too many options because then you end up in paralysis and you don't really use right. any of them because you can't use any of them. So even if it's just sharing your experience, uh, that's, I think that's the most valuable thing that you can do. So for instance, in the community, we have people will come from other frameworks. Maybe they were using Magento or WooCommerce, or maybe they had a SaaS-based store on Shopify. And they're sharing their experience. They're sharing the problems that they had and how Saudus is helping them and what else it could do to help them. And that's really, really valuable because it informs our decisions and it informs the roadmap.
0: That makes sense.
1: So are there other things that you personally work on? Yes, I have my own e-commerce brand that I'm trying to validate along with my partner, and it should be ready for pre-order soon. Uh, it's called the Ever, and basically it's a supplement that helps you fight the damaging effects of sun radiation on your skin. Um, okay. well, moving forward, uh, yeah, uh, what, what we hope to do is build a product that will help you fight aging at all levels so that people can stay healthy and productive for longer in their lifetime. So that's the long-term plan. And then the other thing that I do is uh, I have a business that works with governments uh, on security and surveillance and communications intelligence, which is quite different from everything else that I do. But it's also very, very interesting. Uh, and you really get to make a difference. You get to work with a ton of smart people who work in a very different field. Uh, so it's, uh, it's very exciting.
0: Nice. Very cool. If people want to follow you online or connect with you in some way, what's the best way for them to do that? And they can find me on uh,
1: alessandro.codes, which is my website, mm-hmm. or on Medium as aldesantis. I can send you the URL so they know how to actually spell this. And nice. they can find the uh, Neblab on neblab.it and saldus on saldus.io if they want
0: to keep up the community. Sounds good. As a Ruby developer, you've probably used Redis for queuing and caching. But if you're like me, you've never completely understood it. You just followed the tutorial to set it up and then hoped it'd stay up. Now that I'm building my own services for other people, I realize that you and I often don't have the desire or time to run an ops or DevOps team or do it yourself. Plus, since you're not a Redis expert, you're not exactly sure how to know what it's doing. That's why I love Redis Green. No setup. It runs on any AWS region I want so I can run it near me. And the tooling is amazing. I have to tell you about this feature, actually. It actually maps the memory you're using and tells you where all the memory is allocated. So this makes it really easy to see what's going on in your Redis setup. It also runs on AWS, so it scales easily and can alert you when it hits certain thresholds in performance or capacity. Sorry for going all fanboy on you, but I love this tool. Here's the thing. If you don't want to do ops or are already on Heroku or something, then use Redis Green for the rest. It's simple yet powerful. Check them out at redisgreen.net. Let's go ahead and do some picks. Now, picks is a thing we do on this show. It's basically just shout outs about, you know, whatever you're playing with or working on or enjoying these days. I'll go ahead and go first. So I've been picking Christmas movies over the last few weeks on the shows. One of the Christmas movies that I was looking forward to picking this week is my favorite one. This is uh, honestly, it's the one that I look forward to watching every year. It's called A Christmas Story. It's super funny. Tons of just, you know, great one liners, quotable movie. And uh, yeah, I I really, really enjoy watching it every year. I usually watch it at Christmas while Santa's putting out Christmas presents at our house. So so yeah, so that's my pick. I guess I'll also pick, there are a bunch of the clay animation stop motion movies Mm. like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and The Little Drummer Boy and Santa Claus is Coming to Town that I also really enjoy. So I'll shout out about those ones too. Do you have some things you want to pick?
1: Yeah, I have. I don't know if it fits the format, but it's actually, for me, it's one city and a technology. Uh-huh. So basically every year I try to commit to exploring a city as much as possible, which means I end up going there four or five times during the year, which I understand is a bit crazy, but I feel like it really gives you the, the space to explore all the different angles. And this year's is London. So I'll oh, nice. be going there uh, for the fourth time now in December. And yeah, just can't seem to get enough of it. Uh, just very, very fascinating because it's it's just so European and then so different in in some aspects. Uh, and yeah, just think that it's very interesting. Nice. And then the other pick would be Elixir and Phoenix, which I'm having a lot fun. But yeah, it's just a very different way of thinking about things and how data changes. It's very tailored and built for the developer's happiness, just like Ruby.
0: So London and Phoenix. London and Phoenix. It almost sounds like two different cities. Yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, it does. Yeah, we have a podcast on Elixir as well. So yeah, if people want to check that out, that one's over at elixirmix.com. All right, well, um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you for coming. This has been a fun conversation and I'm always interested to see what people are working on in Rails, so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been great. Thanks for having me on. Yep, and, and thanks to you, know, you and your teammates too for having a great e-commerce solution in Ruby. I think a lot of times we just kind of take for granted that you can do something in Ruby and then you know, we kind of lose track of the fact that people are actually doing it. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, folks. And uh, we'll have another one next week. In the meantime, Max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by CashFly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with CashFly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.